now, say now. You're tuned in to the Wake Up and Win podcast, and I am your host, Devon Pouncey. We are here in Portland, Oregon, at the Momentum Studios. Myself, D-Boy is back. How you doing, man? Man, I'm good. Busy and back. Busy and back. Well, let's get into all of that, because uh, <laughs> we got wind shares here right now. I'll get kicked things off. Lulu Fridays, catch me there. It has been an absolute vibe. Appreciate everybody that has pulled up to my Friday night sets at my residency at Lulu Bar on Grand. It has been great. The turnouts have been great. The vibe has been great. I've been there twice now and nothing but great feedback from the good people at Lulu's, but also from the people that have shown up just to have a vibe and have a good time, man. I love it too because for those of you that don't know, my favorite music genre is Neo Soul. I guess you can weave R&B in there, but Neo Soul in particular is like my favorite music genre. So Lulu, that's what they're all about. That's the vibe that they like. That's the vibe they want. And quite frankly, it's the vibe that fits me. So if you just want to come listen to some good vibes, some good Neo Soul R&B, we'll, we'll throw some hip hop in there, of course, some Afro beats in there. We'll weave it all in. It'll be a beautiful set. But uh, the music is A1. The vibe is A1. And again, it's been absolutely absolute good time. So appreciate everybody that has been pulling up there. Also, Saturday, I'll be back on the rooftop, Export Rooftop Bar and Lounge at the Porter Hotel. And that'll actually be my schedule for the next couple weekends. So Friday at Lulu's, of course, Saturday, I'll be at Export for the next two Saturdays as well. So come out, vibe out, have a good time. And again, appreciate everybody that's been pulling up to my uh, somewhat seamless transition out of broadcasting majority of the time, rather than DJing, to being back at a point where broadcast season is over for me, so I get to go out and spin them records. You never stop, huh? No. This year round. Well, and I couldn't. It's really... Now, it's just now getting to the point where it's never stopping because the last couple of years I haven't been able to DJ because of the pandemic. So right. last summer, summer 2022, was when I was able to kind of get back into the groove of it. And quite frankly, the momentum has been crazy. A lot of it from obviously being over at Export Rooftop Bar and Lounge and spinning there primarily. I've gotten to meet a bunch of dope people. Mm-hmm. And I had a regular gig there. And honestly, I've just gotten better and better. So I'm continuing to get better, continuing to practice, continuing to work. And so during the season, I had to only date limited DJ gigs because I was broadcasting games primarily on weekends. But I was able to keep the gigs going on the few nights on weekends that I didn't have games to call. Or there were nights where I would call a game and soon as the game was over, I'm headed straight to tube or I'm headed straight to export or I'm headed somewhere to go spin. So the DJ momentum has never stopped uh, since last summer, and here we are now <laughs> keeping it going. Again, able well, to land a residency. I'm, I'm not turning that down. You're the hardest working man in showbiz, but make sure you book a vacation, all right? This summer. This all summer, right, I'll get right. to it. This all summer, right. I'll get to it for sure. I, I usually, now, I usually actually do book a vacation <laughs> around this time of the year in March because the way I've always treated it, I played ball in college, obviously played ball in high school as well, but really college when I was an adult and just basically through now as I continue to call college sports. It's been over 10 years that I've been involved in NCAA sports and particularly basketball right. from playing, you know, from playing into now being a commentator. So usually like spring break for me, while most people say spring break isn't a thing for adults, spring break is still kind of a thing for me yeah. because 
hey, season's over now. I get a little bit of chance to take a break and, you know, do what and I do. Right so back to it. I've just always kind of stuck with that schedule. But I haven't this year because, again, the DJ situation is booming. I'm booked Segway out. right into it. I'm booked out. You know what I'm saying? So got weddings coming up, got a lot coming up. So I'll figure out a vacation, but uh, it just ain't happening quite yet. <laughs> All good. <laughs> good to hear, man. For sure. Also, I haven't told y'all to do this in a while, but I'll get back to telling y'all consistently, go out and buy a Street Roots newspaper. Go out, support a vendor, buy a paper. D-Boy, I know you go out and buy papers. I see them all the time. You see them all the time. Man, it's it's a phenomenal publication. I'm not just saying that because I work there, but I'm saying it because I've seen the difference in this community that our editorial team has made during my tenure at Street Roots. I've obvious, I obviously get published in Street Roots as well. Um, and even more recently, we had a really good article on public uh, Portland Street Response, excuse me. Kaya San, our executive director, she does a weekly column called The Director's Desk in our newspaper and just a dynamite writer. One of the best writers I know. Um, she's, she's just so intelligent, first and foremost. She's so well-researched, but what I love about her writing anymore so is she's a poet. Like, she's an actual poet, has published poetry books. So not only is she super knowledgeable, has has a strong academic background, um, and has been doing a lot of work in this community for a long time, her writing is so punchy because she's always using different metaphors, and she really bleeds her poetry skills into her column writing skills. So they're always super dope. But like I said, the most recent column she wrote about uh, <clears throat> calling 911 for Portland Street response. Because obviously a lot of people, when they call 911, you're basically calling for the police or a medic. Right. Um, but Portland Street response is a line through 911. So if you call 911, you can right away request Portland Street response or as you begin to kind of explain what's going on, if there isn't anything like criminal happening or there aren't any weapons involved and somebody is just having an episode, if you will, you can call PSR through 911 and they'll direct the call straight to Portland Street response rather Mm. than to to the police or anybody else. So um, super dope column there. But again, Go buy a paper, man. It's been dope. And obviously, that's locally you speak of when you say go buy a paper. But how can people get involved from afar? Well, Portland Street, I mean, Portland Street, Street Roots, we are a part of a network called the INSP, the International Network of Street Papers. And we have like 100 publications in like 30 different countries that are our sister papers. So like I've written articles in Street Roots that have been published all over the country and all over the world. Um, fortunately for us at Street Roots, you know, it's a growing industry. The street paper movement is a growing. We actually got a good documentary coming up, short documentary that I can't tell y'all quite about. Um, but it, it's a big time. It's a big time broadcast entity that you many of you would know of an international one at that. Um, that'll be coming by next week to come, um, you know, film us and do some work with us as they're doing a project uh, about the street paper movement. So when that drops and that releases, I'll tell you about that as well. But again, there's street papers all over the world, man. It's it's, it's an industry that I think is very important. It's hard hitting journalism. And fortunately, you know, right here, we've been around for nearly 25 years now and we just purchased a new building. So we just had a beautiful groundbreaking ceremony last week over on third and Burnside. We purchased a new building. So our organization continues to grow. It was a absolute vibe at the groundbreaking ceremony. I mean, 
a great turnout. A lot of the community came out, showed up. We had music there. We were dancing around the streets out there. We had some beautiful words. I spoke. Again, Kaya San, our executive director, spoke. And we had many others that came out and spoke just about, you know, street roots, where we are, what we're doing, and just how beautiful the community has been, our street roots community, and trying to make a difference in our overall community here in the city, the county, the region. So, yeah, man, support Street Roots for Keep sure. Or one, or if you're elsewhere, go see if you got a, a local newspaper there. You can go to insp.org to find out or insp.com. Um, it's the International Network of Street Papers. That's the acronym for INSP. And you can find out if you have one locally right where it is that you stay. And if you don't, ding, 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 ding. You might have just got an idea to get one cracking wherever it is that you stay as well because we're always looking to grow the street paper movement. And again, we've been able to do a lot and make a lot of change and differences in our own communities and around the world, being that we're an international network. And uh, yeah, man, let's keep it going because it matters, it's necessary, and and the work is valuable. Hey now, say now. You got any? Any win shares? Atlanta. Talk about it. Man, I just got back from Atlanta for uh, last weekend. It was a great time and great vibe. Kind of jumbled everything together. We got some family out there. For sure. You know that? For sure. So uh, celebrated a niece's one-year birthday. So that was crazy. Um, Good to see the family. But then I moved around a little bit with Simba. Everybody know. Absolutely. Simba is our cousin. Um, You post him a lot. I post him a lot. Uh, He's doing his thing, obviously, and he's a part of a tour called Future Superstar. Yeah. Future Superstar Tour hosted by Nick Cannon. And so it just so happened that while I was out there, he was out there um, in Atlanta for a show that they had a part of that tour. And we connected and turned up. And uh, Keeping It Real is a segment I've been doing. We did a few of those out there. Um and we moved around the city, but man. I, I, I'm interested to hear your perspective on this because one thing about me when I go out and travel, like I, I think it's kind of natural to sometimes compare where it is that you stay or the market that you stay in to whatever market right. it is that you're visiting. Um, but for me, even beyond comparison, I like to try and find like motivations from other cities like what are other cities doing that we aren't doing but at the same time what is it that other cities aren't doing that I can appreciate the community that I'm in and that I'm staying in for us actually doing said thing um for you do you come back from your trips like motivated to do more right here where you are when you go travel and see different cities and see what's going on and was that particularly the case on this Atlanta trip Great question, first off. Um, yeah, definitely. I think traveling always, especially as an artist, music-wise, it always motivates me because it gives you more to talk about. Yeah. I never have writer's block, but it's like mm. you go back from an experience and it's it's a new restaurant you hit up. It's a new person that you met. It's a right. new conversation I was had. It was a new something that took place. You got exposed to something new. So I feel like... I always go back and be able to add that yeah. into the music, you know, as right. we keep it real in the music. So um, I think that's first and foremost. And then as far as the difference, definitely. When I say Atlanta, all black, 
That's what it felt yeah. like the yeah. entire time I was there. For sure. <laughs> and let's be real. We live in Portland, Oregon, where yeah. it's predominantly white. Absolutely. I'll talk about some of that later on today, too. Exactly. So the the difference of, like, just the eye change. Like, you, you see a completely different thing from the TSA. All black. You yeah. go to the restaurants inside the airport. All black. Yeah. You come up the thing and it says, welcome to Atlanta in the airport on a big LED projector with a black mayor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. The picture yeah. of him, bright as day, black mayor. Uh, you just see all black everywhere, the neighborhoods, the communities, the kind of food, the way that we got McDonald's and Starbucks on every block. Everything there that's fast food is... Fried chicken and fish, yeah. best in town. <laughs> right. You feel me? Uh, it's yeah. all Southern food. Like, it's right. all like that. So the difference is definitely noticeable. It's and like glaring, said, for it, sure. It's glaring. You, you yeah. can't help but to notice it. So that was interesting, for sure. Um, and I only have been, that was my second time in Atlanta. So it's interesting to see the change even, how progressive it's gotten, even how we notice in Portland. It's like, it's traffic now on Sunday right? at 10 in the morning in <laughs> Atlanta. Sure. Yeah. That wasn't the case when I went in 2016. Mm. You feel me? Mm. So it's like, then you're in the Ubers and you're talking to them and they like, yeah, in the in the last two to three years, she, one lady was like, I work in a juvenile center and a big thing, how we got bipping in the Bay Area. Right. She said the kids will go set up and purposely ride a scooter in front of a car to get hit have the people go check on them and then run through their car and either take their car or wow. take a purse or something while people was vulnerable and just jump out their yeah. car. So it's like even hearing the different trickery yeah. method, like, <laughs> it's crazy. You feel yeah, that's me? So, wild. Again, you get more stuff to talk about when you come back. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, I, I felt the same way when I went out there. Uh, I DJed for Simba, what was that, about a couple, about almost two years ago, year and a half ago. Um, out in Atlanta and yeah it definitely is a difference coming from here where like you said it is a majority white state at large and uh, but it's always a good time out there what what did you think about like the nightlife I'm interested obviously in hearing about the nightlife because I'm I DJ so much and I'm so frequently in the nightlife out here <laughs> the night <laughs> the nightlife is a different world out there first and foremost yeah for sure um, let's talk about it it's more people, it's more space, it's more star-studded, per se. Right. The pop-outs. Black Hollywood. It's, it's Black Hollywood. Let's keep it real. That's yeah. what it is. So it's like, again, you. It's not, it's not too many places out here where you go to a restaurant, a, a, a salt and star or something, and it's just a pop-up where Nick Cannon is spinning. But this right. is open to the public. You can order some chicken tenders yeah. and you just sit yeah, down yeah. and... Nick Cannon just happened to be the DJ. Right. You know what I'm right. saying? So right. it's like, you do that, and then you go to the club, and it's like, extremely serious pat-down. Like, we not playing. Yeah. You feel me? Yeah. pat-down that yeah. I, like, I never had before. Yeah, you almost felt violated. Yeah, I'm like, what the f- <laughs> what, is, what happened in here before? Yeah. You feel me? But then it's way bigger. Um, the hospitality. It ain't no, you waiting and having to, Try to finesse with this right. sec- like security guarding. They doing their job and they getting you to where you need to be. No, right. no hesitate. Like the hospitality was definitely there. Yeah, you for feel sure. Me? Um, so that was different. And then the DJs. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the that. music. It was a lot of 
Atlanta and down south type of music mixed with some old classics like your, sure. you know, your your standard classic hits that right. you're gonna always go to. And I noticed when they did play West Coast music, it was very short lived, and it was mostly uh. like L.A. music. But it was like they'll play thirty seconds of a of a West Coast song. Yeah, it just Catch made a for a good mix. vibe. And then it's they off of it. Really? No West Coast song ever got played in full. Where, like I said, classics they was playing it. They was dropping the beat to acapella. Yeah, um, they, yeah. They, they, you know what I mean? Yeah, I did really that. I had a good. It. I had a. I did that uh, at Lulu's last week See? actually. And, that, and you, love and by so, Keisha Cole. Oh, it was crazy. And, yeah, you know, and you know where I've like really got that move from See? when I was in Atlanta, <laughs> and they did that in the club at Atlanta. Play love by Keisha Cole and, and the host. Oh man, I'm forgetting his name. The best host I've ever seen in a club. Oh my gosh, why am I forgetting his name right now? I'll remember his name. In, in, uh, It'll come DC. Back. His name is Fly Guy DC. DC Young Fly? No, no, no. Uh, no. Fly, Guy, Fly DC. Guy DC. That's why, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. It okay. wasn't DC Young Fly, the comedian, but it's a guy named Fly Guy DC. He's like the gotcha. most popular promoter slash host in the A. Like, and I saw him and he in person. And what he did was, and I've used it since then at, at other spots. He was like, he made the DJ drop the beat and go acapella. And he'll be like, listen to my choir. And the whole club is just singing acapella. Right. And I did that at Lulu's last weekend. And, and it shook the place up for sure. It's, yeah, it's so a hell of a move. You see them kind of moves. And you yeah. just notice that being from, you know, from the Bay Area, being yeah. from the West Coast. It's like instantly you, they playing a Snoop Dogg or... Dr. Dre or something like that and it's like you hear that drop it might have been an E40 song that like came in a little bit but it's yeah, like yeah 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 that might have been like the on the Big Sean track or something like yeah, that. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, but yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. you're gonna get 30 seconds and then we up out of there. You feel me? So yeah, it's I know it's a different but, world. Cause we I mean, especially here in Portland, obviously we're from the Bay, but here in Portland in particular, where I DJ at primarily, yeah, like the hip hop, anything is West Coast. Bay Another area. thing I noticed too, and again, I don't club too. It's not really yeah. a big, a big club scene here. And when I mean a big club, like in size, it ain't no clubs where you really go crazy in Portland. So yeah. I noticed out there, it was MC the whole time yeah, too. It switched right. between three and four people, but it was hype people. Yeah, when back that ass up, come on, they talking. They talking. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. It's like it was <laughs> MC and, and kind of. You know, and like I said, it wasn't just one person. It was a trade-off of Mike, but whoever is did it, they looked like somebody and they did their thing. That, so. was, that was Fly Guy DC. See? I'm telling you. I, like, like I emceed, uh, I emceed at a Tube Tuesday about a month or so ago. Tube's Day is what it's popularly known for out here. Right, and right. it makes a world of difference. when you. And I'm not talking about the DJ being the MC. Not saying that the DJ can't be. I've done it plenty of times, but like... No, I think somebody else, you man. need an actual MC. <laughs> let the DJ rock, and yeah. you need an actual MC, and just let them go crazy. You're going to attract more people. The it vibe works. is going to be absolutely elite. Like a good MC can it take works. it could take you a long way, but and people don't want to pay for that, and, and I hate it because like I'm obviously going to advocate for it. Yeah, but it was like three people, and I think that helped. Sometimes yeah. the same, you can like. You yeah, can only yeah, yeah, see yeah, yeah. the same trick so many yeah, times. Unless you, you like that. Exactly. Like Fly Guy DC was. He but was again, like that. They party later. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. He the went the whole there. way, but he's <laughs> like that. When I tell you he's ain't the too best, many though, right? ain't too many that can That's do that. <laughs> but, but like, like I said, I'm booked out for a wedding. 
every month this summer right now. Damn. And it's not that like I'm a good DJ. I pay attention to detail. Like I make sure to make sure everything sounds clean. It's not gonna sound messy. But I'm aware that like as far as wedding equipment in particular is concerned, like it's levels. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And I ain't at the highest level in mm-hmm. that regard. Like I got good sound, but other than that, lighting, all like it's levels to it. Um, but one reason why I continuously get booked for these gigs is because weddings, I'm emceeing. And me, this is what I do. I sit behind a microphone every week. I've hosted a radio show. Like, I'm a broadcaster, call game. So emceeing is nothing to me, but it makes a world of difference for people's weddings in particular. And I'm telling you, I I call myself the word of mouth DJ because I got a wedding. I got referred, and every wedding was a, a reference from somebody else's wedding that I did. And I got one every month in the summer, starting in May. Mm-hmm. I got one May, June, July, August, September. I got a wedding book because MCN just takes you to another yeah. level, dog. It, I seen it, you know. <laughs> and I hate that we don't have that out here. Like, yeah. there's not really like. It's just not that. And that's why you notice it so much, right. I swear. Because yeah. you'd be like, damn, we don't got no, they don't no, do that no like MCs. that here. You know? <laughs> no so, MCs. You know so what I'm that saying? That was interesting. And then um, yeah, that was pretty much. My birthday really night I got to MC a lot. Yeah. At two. Again, and then, but you don't get that that much. Yeah, but it know? made a difference it that night. Like every definitely. everybody was vibing, having a definitely. good time that night. You definitely. know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it, it makes a difference. It's necessary. Man. It's necessary. <laughs> it, it's very and like I said, I'm an advocate for the MCs. I'm a broadcaster. Mm-hmm. I would be crazy not to. But yeah, no, nah, that's dope, man. I took a lift. One last quick thing. I took a lift and the lady was also saying she, you could tell she was tied to the music industry more on the business side, but she said, it's also the new, it's the place for the new dream. How L.A. used to be. Right. She said, it's saturated. Yeah, everybody Black comes, Hollywood. Everybody comes to Atlanta with the same rap dream now. Right. And is like we talked about, it's different from 2015 and 16. Yeah. You've seen it. Yeah. I got walked right into the major radio after a performance. For sure. First time out there, straight to the radio. Right. Straight right. to the studio, patchwork. Like, she like, them days is over. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, you got to yeah. really come you gotta ha- shock yeah. some waves now because right. everybody's here with the same story, same dream. We even talked about they come here saying, I did a million streams or even 10 million. And they like, so? So? <laughs> Damn. You know what I mean? So I, it was yeah. crazy to hear that too because that's what L.A. was for a minute where everybody who had a music dream, it was L.A. Yeah. But I think Atlanta music been hitting so hard for so long that it was interesting to hear. She like, that's why it's traffic every day. That's why these clubs, everybody's a rapper here now. Right, so. right. Um, let's get into some content, man. Huge shout out to Tom Brady for... He's going to Vegas. He's going to Vegas, <laughs> baby. not for the Raiders. Ah, too damn bad. I, <laughs> not I, for the Raiders. I, at this point, I don't want him on the Raiders anyway. <laughs> but Tom Brady has acquired ownership interest in the WNBA Las Vegas Aces. Um, it's... A huge deal. He actually became part owner. Yeah. He became he part didn't acquire owner. Acquired no interest. He yeah, part he, owner. He became part it's owner. It's a $13 million organization and it's undisclosed how much, but I think he got a big stake in that. Oh my goodness. I mean, here's the thing. M's, that's- here's the thing, man. And obviously, we are on the pulse of it right here in Portland. We've been pushing the WNBA to PDX movement. Obviously, been, you know, talking and working with Senator Wyden, and he's been making a push for it. We we just had uh Kathy Engelbert, the WNBA. NBA commissioner come here to Portland and it's the wave, yo. 
It's yeah. the way. It's only going to help grow the game it's and the organization. It's only going to help grow the game and the organization. And I'm going to tell you where I'm seeing it at. And I was talking to my guy, Cam Jones. Salute to Cam Jones, the brother of Stanford star Haley Jones. And, and Cam... We were just talking about the talent level. Like in women's basketball, in men's basketball, yeah, you had your you had your Dukes and your North Carolinas and your Kentuckys and the list goes on for like who have been like traditionally known as powerhouses in NCAA college men's college basketball. But now we're seeing it in the in the women's college basketball at the NCAA level. Like it ain't just UConn no more. You know what I'm saying? Like UConn was so dominant at that level, and it was like, like every year you could just pretty much bet that Gino Ariema and his team was gonna win <laughs> yeah. a championship and at minimum get to the Final Four. You yeah, know what I'm saying? For sure. Like, for sure. But we're starting to see we see two number one seeds knocked out in a round of 32. You know what I'm saying? Like we're starting to see the parity and the growth of the game on the women's side now to where. You can tell the product, the actual product of women's basketball is getting much, much better. It is. It, like, it's getting it much. It's and just it's getting point, better. Like the right parody is there now, pay too. You attention to know, but pretty soon you're not going to have to pay. It's going to be in your face. Yeah. Yeah, it's, that's for what, sure. It's getting that good where it's going to have to be in your face. It's getting that good. <laughs> and the fact that it has so much room to grow, like, like 12 WNBA markets in comparison to 30 in the NBA, like... That's that's less that's a third of damn near of the amount of teams in the mm-hmm. W than it is that's in the actual NBA. So the room for growth is crazy. Facts. Don't get a don't get a team in Canada like you already got in the NBA. Now you become an international entity. Like the WNBA has so much room room to grow. And so I love hearing news like this where Facts. somebody as influential <clears throat> as Tom Brady is saying, hey, I'm gonna step up and I'm gonna acquire some ownership. In the Las Vegas Aces, a new franchise, by the way. I mean, a new, you know what I mean? That's a new location as far as them being there. So it's like, if you can't see the writing on the wall after moves like this from the greatest quarterback ever, you just don't want to see it. As a Raider fan, and only for that reason, I didn't like Tom Brady for years. (laughs) Yeah. But I sure like what he's been doing as of late. And I don't mean just in a year or just in this move. He's become... A lot more likable over the past four seasons. But you know I would what, though? Say. You Tom know? Brady is from the Bay. <laughs> like, that's what I'm you saying. You know what I mean? Like, he got that I'm cool to him. Exactly. And 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 I say all that to say, this move isn't just about money. It's calculated. He knows his influence, and yes, it's a lot of decisions and opportunities of how he can use that and taking it to a franchise, a WNBA franchise, is calculated as hell. Absolutely, and it's, it's a great move. And Absolutely. Furthermore, coincidentally, they're the champions right now, man. They they won it all last go, year. Yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. He yeah. went to go rock with a winner. Yeah, 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 for sure. And that, <laughs> but that's what he's been. So exactly. it, it, it makes sense. But it's like, yeah, I, I love seeing stuff like that. And like I said, I, it's it's the reason why we do the work we do and wanting us to see a team come right here to this market. And even the energy surrounding that was so dope that night. But, again, it's going to take money, ultimately, for that to be able to happen. But to see – Brady invest his money into ownership. It's definitely a big time play, and he's to be saluted for that. And uh, yeah, let's keep pushing to make that thing come to Portland. For sure, I like that. I like that. How's your bracket? Busted and disgusted. (laughs) (laughs) Let's not talk about that today. Next. (laughs) 
How's your bracket? Busted and disgusted. It's bad. I mean, the two the two teams or two of the teams that I had going to my final four lost in the round of sixty four. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like like Arizona and Gonzaga. I had them meet. I mean, not Arizona. Uh, excuse me, and Gonzaga. I'm tripping. Arizona and Purdue. I had both of them going to the Final Four and playing against each other in the Final Four. And guess what? They lost in the round of 64. Right. It's always upsets, but this is the worst. I, like, I've gotten upset pretty bad, like you said, where my teams I picked to go to the Final Four. I had Purdue going to the Natty. Man, bro. You know what I'm saying? Some and winning stuff. it. I had Purdue on my bracket winning the Natty. And it's like, Again, the parody, man. And like I said, I obviously get to see it a bit from the mid-major standpoint. I was telling, I was telling, I might have told you about the dude. Uh, I was telling the homie JB about him. But even Kansas State, who's doing great right now. And I'm like, man, it's a dude on Montana State by the name of Raekwon Battle. And I think he's an NBA-ready guy. Like, I, I think he's got a future in it. He's not ready right now. Like, he needs to take advantage of that senior year, continue to get stronger and but just better. But he can better. get there. But, but I'm like... This cat is this cat can go to the league. And Kansas State, who's doing great right now, they played against Montana State in the first round, in the round of 64. Obviously, it was a three versus 14. But Raekwon Battle Show did go out there and put up 27. Damn. And Kansas State still at it. And they're looking good. <laughs> they were actually very entertaining to watch over the weekend. But Damn. um, but yeah, battle. He went out there and put up 27 on him. I'm telling you. 27 big the ta- ones, huh? Like, you could see the talent there. You know what I'm saying? Like, you could spot it. Facts. Where it's like, you you find you some really good mid-major teams, and it's like, they get two or three guys that can, you know, that got a shot at playing professionally, really more yeah. so going to the league in particular. Like, comparison in comparison to some of these teams that got a rotation full of guys that could potentially get drafted, like, and sometimes all you need, <laughs> good coaching, a little bit of size, you know what I mean? And, and some guys who can keep you in a game to the end. You know, Sometimes it's just about staying in the game. And Don't then you can take this. it over at the end if the momentum just so happens to sway your way. Don't quote me on this, but I think every bracket was busted after like the second or third yeah. game. Yeah. Like it was, it was yeah. fast. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> it's bad. Nobody know? predicted this for even a decent amount of time. Usually, it don't go like that. It's, Some Certain people get quick. lucky and pick the upsets. and This time, it was out of there quick. Yeah. I think it was after the Furman game. Furman, yeah, yeah, I yeah. Think I think Furman so. Yeah, yeah. Ended yeah, everybody. Brackets was busted. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. But yeah, man, so it's like I, I really enjoy seeing so much parody in the tournament, seeing the upsets in the tournament. But again, I am enjoy seeing it on the women's side of things too because it only shows like – Man, we are look at all of this talent and what it is what it is that they're out here doing and what they're producing and they just don't got enough teams to all go, you know what I mean, to get more of these young women in the league that really right. deserve to have a shot to play in the league. Right. Because it ain't but 12 teams. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's ugly. You make the WNBA a 30-team league, make it a 20-team league for crying out loud. 25. It's enough markets for oh it, too. Gosh. It's definitely enough markets. It's 30, w- enough it's, it's 30 NBA markets. Yeah. You can damn near just match the markets Primarily, obviously, you'll have a market like Las Vegas. Las Vegas is an example of a city that's not an NBA market, but a good city to bring any sport as far as I'm concerned. Could the Bay have one? 
Absolutely. I think so, For sure. Too. The Bay's pushing to get one. The okay. Bay is another market. I don't hear a that's lot of been, talk about yeah, it. Yeah, they, they got like a women's group that's out there pushing to bring a WNBA team to the Bay, similar to the movement that you're seeing out here wow. in, in Portland. So, um, yeah, no, it's teams that are that are making that push now because people just feel as if we're becoming more and more near to expansion. Don't know when it's going to be, but it feels like we're getting closer to that. Connecticut beating Arkansas 34-19 right now in the first five minutes. I got I mean, UConn. I, I did have UConn going to the Final Four. Yeah, me too. I had Definitely. UConn going to the Final Four. That's that's kind of a gimme. Uh, yeah, and you got, what's that, Kansas State still in it? Yeah, that's who I was just yeah. talking and, about. And, and Michigan, yeah. It, they, Michigan it's, State. It's a close game. Yeah, that's going to be a good one. Yeah. That's going to be a good 49, one. 49-44 Kansas. Yeah. You yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah, Kansas. That's what I said. They nice, bro. The Kansas State is. Yeah. They nice, bro. 49-44. And they playing against Izzo. I knew you said that, but it's just interesting to see. Like, they they in the Sweet 16? Yeah, they like, in the Sweet 16. Yo, yeah. like, they're, and, and they got right the, the little fella in the guard. Man, they're good, bro. Yeah, they're they good. Right they, they're, they're good. And they playing against Tom Izzo. Quick pick. Gonzaga or UCLA, the two and the three? I'm going UCLA. I'm going UCLA. I think in my bracket, I got I'm going UCLA. Going. Well, I think I had Gonzaga losing in the last round that they just won in, but they only won by like three. Yeah, they seemed like they was almost I, scared they wasn't going to make it. To, I had uh, Gonzaga losing. Oh, who did they just lose? It's so many darn teams, but whoever Gonzaga just beat in the round of 32 – I had that. I had that being an upset on my bracket, and right. they barely squeaked it out. Barely, barely squeaked it out. One by like three points or something like that. One by a possession. But um, yeah, man. I'm about to look and see right. Yeah, because I, I don't know check. why it's blanking me. But like I said, it's also Hold 65 on. teams. You that, said uh, Gonzaga's round of 32 game. Whoever man. it was, I had them losing. And it's I right here. Like I got it. Gonzaga round at 32. TCU. 84-81. I had them losing to TCU, TCU in the round of 32, and they squeaked it out. <laughs> That's a squeak out. 84-81. They squeaked it out, but I was I was on the Damn. post with that one. I was like, I think they going to give it up, man. Like, But they they won. So, that yeah, them versus UCLA is going to be crazy. Love that for the West Coast I know well. you're watching it. 645. Oh, yeah, for I sure. For sure. I, we'll be done here by the end, uh, long before the end. So, Fact. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm tuned in to that tonight. I got Gensai going in on my I got bracket. UCLA. LA. I got UCLA going. I got UCLA going pretty far. I think to the eight at least. This is um, the only thing I got right in the Midwest. I still got Houston and Texas advancing. Um, Houston plays Miami and Texas plays Xavier. So I might be able to rack I think up some points right there. I got Texas going to the Final Four. Texas is one of my Final Four teams. The Elite Eight. That's where it get ugly. I had Duke going that far. Yeah, I got Alabama, Houston, I- Gonzaga. In the Elite Eight. So I got three out of four still there. So I could get greater later, but yeah. right now, my points. Everybody's man, bracket got busted <laughs> bright and early, though, in this tournament. So it, it is what it is, man. But yeah, hey, who you got in the MVP race right now in the NBA? We I wanted to talk, I, I, we were off for two weeks, and it was a hot topic of discussion when they had the whole spat between uh, Kendrick Perkins and JJ Reddick about it. It was about the racialized aspect of the MVP voting system. Um, but even more so, just obviously we could talk about that if we want, but who do you just have in your race right now? My answer is Joel Embiid, who I think it is. 
and this might be a crazy take, but I think Damian Lillard was the most valuable player to his team. Blazers ain't good enough. That's why. It, that's why. It, that's yeah, why I yeah, said yeah, yeah. it don't the work. Blazers ain't good. But, I don't think. Listen, you ain't gonna get me to sit here and say that's crazy to say. I watched him drop sixty and seventy in a span of a month courtside. They did. Ain't, well not, ain't team, no but what he did no Damian Lillard slander yeah, on this I, coming I, from I, this <laughs> way because when I hey that's what it came down to when yeah. I watched him score sixty and then score seventy one a month. Later is nothing bad. That's I, what I'm nothing saying. bad you they can say about him. They come out on the losing side, but he bat, like yeah. he went to absolute war to give yeah. them a chance. He had for a special a year until they <laughs> had to say, "Okay, it's no chance." He gave it his all. Yeah, he and had the a special was year. Ridiculous. He's had a special year. So for that's sure. why I said that's not gonna be the acceptable answer. Why I win and B, but in my personal opinion, when you talk about just the. Definition of most valuable player to a team, I think he, he see see my opinion is I've always been different. I've always been most valuable player to the league. But the problem with that is it's prob- like, you know what I mean? I and I'm and I try th- to keep it to on court, not that, the LeBron will win it court. every year. But that, yeah, that's what <laughs> but that's the thing. That's part of the discussion that, like, for example, right now I say Embiid is the MVP too, but I feel like Giannis is becoming the new LeBron where it's like it's like Giannis is having an MVP year right now. I think he's like right behind Embiid. His team is always the top team in the East, and his numbers are always crazy. He's already got two of them, and if he wins this year, you can't knock him for winning it because of the stats and the numbers he puts up in his team's success. And I quite frankly still think Giannis is the best basketball player in the world. So he's starting to get that treatment now to where – yeah, LeBron, there's years Kobe. Kobe definitely should have won a whole lot more MVPs than he ever won. Right. You know what I'm saying? But I, so I, I struggle always with that. Looked, I looked at it from, I don't disagree with like No, no, if yeah. If it's somebody you got to think of, you got to put him in that conversation. And that's but. part of the controversy with the voting as well is, is everybody's perception of an MVP is different. Right. And I think it's, I've always looked at it as most valuable player to the team. I like in out of all 32 or whatever, what single player is the most valuable to their team? That's how I looked at it. Yeah, like yeah, I said, yeah. because if it's to the league, then it's just about who's the most impactful or making well, them, and it. But it I think that's it, why wins matter too. And that's where I think Dame isn't in that conversation because I mean, even team without don't the win. Lakers winning this year, LeBron everything. If he gets hurt, LeBron everything. If he drops 30 for two months straight, LeBron. It's LeBron, though. That's what, I'm, <laughs> but that's what I mean by if it's to yeah. the league, nobody else is in. LeBron is the most valuable player to the league every year right now. And it's not going to change As, until but he's done. when you say value, are you speaking just his on-court ability? Or are you speaking his that and his brand and who LeBron James has well, be, become over well, the years. Well, because you said most valuable to the league is why I say but, on and but, off. But I still, you know, I like to keep it on because it's a basketball but league. I don't think people are. But that's the, that's where I disagree with people because yeah. the league is still a basketball league. It's the but, National Basketball but Association. Then that becomes more so when most it comes valuable to a, player to your team because everything else off the court doesn't matter. If you get what I'm saying? If you the It most shouldn't val- matter in that award. But that's what shouldn't. I'm saying. Well, then you have to look at it as most valuable player to the team and not most valuable player to the I'm league. I'm saying who's been the best player in the league this year. And I think that is where it, it comes down to like, I think to team success because it's still a team sport right. is a part of why somebody would win an MVP and yeah. a reason why Dame has no chance at winning. If Dame's team 
even was 500 right now, we probably would be talking about him because his team would still be in the top six in the playoff race. You know what I mean? Like, they wouldn't be under the play-in line, and mm-hmm. now they're not even in the play-in yeah, not, right yeah, now. Not, so yeah, they, that's they solely that the off. reason why he can't. They wrote that off because yeah. – so that's solely the reason why he isn't in the yeah, conversation. Yeah, so I, I think I about that, that matters. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But I also think – and this no knock on Giannis, but I think it's how he does it. Like – He's dominant, as we all know. Yeah. He's the most dominant player in the league, but the finesse ain't there. The whole package is not there. We might be seeing it progressively getting better with the handles, with the jumper. The, I think maybe from the three now, yeah. I didn't see him knock more he's down. He's not a but shooter, but still, he'll take got, the shot. And that's all I'm saying. I still think that's a part of why he's not right at the forefront of the conversation all the time is because how he does it. To the public side, that's, that's that sucks. And it, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, what I mean. It's not a knock. <laughs> like to me, I, that we know sucks. basketball. Yeah, like, how you get your money? You're right, man. he's you producing at the but, highest of levels on I both think, sides of the ball. But I think the flat, as we spoke of, the sixty balls and the seventy balls yeah. and the yeah, yeah, yeah. fifteen threes in a game, it's it's a different flash that comes with that. For that sure. makes it easier to. But he does that too. He puts up fifty balls because I mean, he's that. I'm just saying, how he does you know what I'm saying? How he does? I get that. That's not. As flashy in today's world to where you appreciate it almost as much, and it does suck. Yeah, it that sucks. sucks. That sucks. And that's er- nobody. There's no answer <laughs> it's for no it. There's no answer for the guy. <laughs> but it's, even with Embiid, as you hear, it's you imp- game. It's impressive on the full game. Yeah. He'll pull up and get hot one day and shoot and make three, four threes as a center. Yeah, his, his, his mid range is impeccable. And he, he was, dominated Joker. He put he up four. Still I think Giannis they once in a while air ball a free throw. He'll uh, shoot it hard. Like yeah, Embiid touch is different, and yeah. that's hard to guard too. Oh, Embiid is he and, is the MVP, and, and that's right what I, now. And that's what opinion. I mean. It's like I in think my the opinion, way he, he is does the MVP. It sparks a little bit more, but I don't value. think Joker is second. I don't think Joker is second I think either. Giannis is second, and the fact that Giannis think, is. I think Joker at this point might be like top five, closer to four. He's probably five. number three because it's, again, obviously his numbers is crazy. He's put up like thirty triple doubles this season, but at the same time, his team is the number one seed in the West. That still, that'll help his still, argument. You still, you can't. I mean, you can't talk about somebody like a Luca. They own a little bit of a. It's like Luca was. Luca is valuable to for his sure. team. On and the court, elite. if you're talking about on the court, it's, don't hooper. forget, like, it's a long season, but he's serious. Yeah, yeah, he's serious, but team ain't that good. Um, I mean, they, good <laughs> enough, they going to the playoffs. Uh, they, I mean, they might be a play-in team, but, you oh, know. They, I, think I mean, they're, they not, over, they're not ahead of the line. They're not over the line right now. It's, it's the Nuggets, and I'm going off the dome right here. It's the Nuggets. It's the Grizzlies. It's the Kings. It's Phoenix. It's the Warriors. And I think the Clippers are know about the, above the line. Yeah, the Warriors are like right at six. The Warriors are at the close. bottom. I'm gonna pull it up, but yeah, yeah it's the it's, top six I, teams are above the I line. I think Luca is then, yeah. definitely in that three to five for sure. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, there yeah. I is. mean, I ain't mad at that. Luca yeah. is Luca. I ain't mad at that at all. Did you listen to the uh, Creed three soundtrack? Yeah. I also saw the movie too. But yeah, Dreamville. Yeah, yeah. I, I've been wanting to talk about that. What'd you think about it? I liked it. It was um, fire to me. It was. It was. It was. Not what I expected, which is why I think I liked it more. I liked the production and the collabs and yeah. just the inclusiveness. If, if yeah, you yeah, will. yeah, it was different uh, kind of artists, it, like all regions, exactly. And they bled, like yeah, exactly for sure. And, and obviously, our connection to a few of them. Um, one of the records that 
I have uh, was produced by a producer that's on that soundtrack. Yeah. Cousin Simba being a yeah. feature on there. For sure. Um, Kaz, we know, you know, we did shows with Kaz and rocked with him in Long Beach. Um, yeah. He was on there. So it was like, like you said, different regions, different artists, different perspectives. It was just, it was, it was art. Yeah. It yeah, was yeah. art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I rocked with it. And I, I listened to the album several times before I watched the movie. Like, I didn't watch the actual movie until, like, over a weekend to its release. And I know, obviously, I had to go watch it. I'm like, I got to watch it. I got to talk about it on the podcast, especially because it broke the box office record in the first weekend for a sports film. So I'm like, with that kind of history to it, I host a podcast that talks about the nexus of sports and culture. I kind of got to go see the movie. Right. And I did. And I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about that here shortly. But the project, as soon as I heard it, like the first listen, I was like, whoa. Yeah, I listened. Like, like my first thought was, this can win a soundtrack Grammy next year. Yeah. Like, like yeah. It, it was that quality of a project without ever even watching the movie or seeing the movie. And then... With being that I got to see the movie, that was okay in my opinion. But being that I got to see the movie, the part that the best part of my experience in watching the movie was listening to the score of the movie throughout wow. the film. You know what I'm saying? Like because the project was that good to me to where now I'm catching you know the little background music being records off of the project. Obviously transition music, seeing where that, they that's use a little that ladder, seeing where they use it. Yeah, oh man, it was yeah. fire. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that was my favorite part of the movie. Honestly, like. You know, the movie was decent. Like, it wasn't like... I haven't heard much good about it. There's a lot of popularity behind it, obviously, right. because who it consists of, but hadn't heard too much about it. And then, I mean, I'm going to just say it about Michael B. Jordan. Like, Michael B. Jordan, his aesthetic as an actor is arguably the best I've ever seen. Right. Just as far as, like... He he looks the part. Yeah. And he's obviously had some good roles over the course of his career, but I think lately... I just don't get enough range from him as an actor. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I like range. I like yeah. the Denzels that could just yeah. just play so many different it's roles and so many different times. It it's another level it, huh? that I feel, in regards to how popular he is, especially, I feel like his acting could take it up a notch. I love the fact that he was the director of this film, and maybe some of that took away from the acting juice, but it's like, for me, I got introduced to you as an actor, and while I'm glad that you're in the director's role and you're mm -hmm. doing the behind-the-scenes stuff, and I think it's dope for the industry, the business, all the things, I'm not hating on that, mm -hmm. I still think you have another level to take it to as an actor, and because that's what I was introduced to you as, that's where that's I want to see want. the growth, mm. selfishly. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Selfishly. Again, I love what you're doing for the culture. I love... You know what you're doing for black film and you know what I mean? Stuff like that. But selfishly, I I knew you from the young bull, you know, on on the wire. You know what I'm saying? It's and I got to see you grow. But now I just feel like I'm not getting enough range from you. And it's almost like you're not doing the bare minimum, but you it just seems like you're working hard in other ways, like directing rather than acting. It's <laughs> interesting you said that because without even knowing, it's kind of a conversation I've had with you about starting a business versus all the people who met me in the realm of music. Yeah. It's like, I'm not knocking your pivot. I see what you're doing, but I follow you for the music. Right. I want to see these freestyles for and sure. hear this music and yeah. when you drop it. Yeah. And if you're not feeding that no more, I'll unfollow um, you. Right. No, for <laughs> right. real. That's the kind. So it's right. like, I, 
like that's for reasons like what you feel with that is why I feel that it's important to be able to keep a strong balance. And that's the pressure of artists and actors and comedians sometimes yeah. because the fans want what they want. The fans want what they want. And to me, I think a lot of that just comes down to having a team. Like I know what it feels like to be stretched in. Like I like mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm my own worst critic. And the fact that I do so many things from media to music to you name it, you know what I'm saying? To advocacy, just all of these different things. Mm-hmm. I definitely have my moments where I'm like, ooh, but if I just spent a little bit more time with this, it could, it could be go. it could go. It you know what go. I'm saying? But I struggle because it's like I'm seeing forward movement in all the different things that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So I'm seeing the progress I'm making in broadcasting. I'm seeing the progress I'm making in DJing. I'm seeing the progress, the progress I'm making in advocacy and politics. And it's like all of them are working well. And I obviously try to find creative ways, primarily this podcast that you're listening to, to kind of bring those and bridge those worlds together. But the balance is hard. But, but the balance is it's, hard. It's hard. You know what I'm saying? The yeah. balance is hard. Mm-hmm. So it's like... And your intention are good you yeah know, these ideas and these things, you're like okay i'm gonna do but the balance ain't easy you know what i'm easy, saying so. so it's like i i definitely have to like actively work to be able to balance and juggle all of those things yeah. that i do think have a place to meet with value mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying but on the journey to get there yeah. trying to keep them all moving at the same time yeah. it's not an easy thing to do so i'm not like criticizing him yeah, in we terms understand of that but both sides of the spectrum but like but you it's said, just you how i feel clear. you know what from i'm saying your, from your side of it where I met you as a as an actor, right. I need more. I need more. Yeah, as, I need as, more. As and as I think it's more there. Like yeah. I'm I don't think you've like maxed out. Right. But I I, I just think tap that you it. tap into it. You <laughs> know what I mean? You've been doing this like I feel like you're playing the same role every time I watch you yeah. now on, yeah. on a film. And it's like <laughs> I wanna see something I wanna see something different. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Denzel gave me something different every Fruit time. Gun station, something to hit something, something different. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he ain't yeah. did that in a while. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so it just kind of feels that way a little bit. And and I don't even know if, you know, part of it is, you know, he you know, he's working with you know, our guy from the Bay, uh, Coogler, Ryan yeah. Coogler. Yeah. They've been doing a lot of stuff together. Maybe he, you know, I'm not hating because, and I love to see him and Coogler eating the way that they're eating. And obviously the formula is working. So I can understand from like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it type of perspective. But at the same time, give me more, damn it. Breaking away <laughs> as an actor, he might need to break away from Coogler, yeah. who he did Fruitvale Station with. He's been in the Black Panther series yeah. with him. Now they got, they're doing Creed work together. Like, I think him and Coogler formula obviously works and has certainly uh, been a great yeah, monetary they, gain they for all it, parties they involved. They're breaking they break rack, break box office records. So, <laughs> so it sounds like a hater, but I'm just speaking selfishly right yeah, now. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I'm only speaking selfishly. I feel you. Yeah, so <laughs> that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at with them cats. Anything you want to announce, put out there before we get out of here? We touched on it. We already talked about Atlanta, the music, we, everything. We we hit it. For sure. Well, on that note, we're going to leave y'all the only way that we know how, and that is to stay woke and, and go, go in. in.